0: okay so dead poet society i mean i don't have a list for the top education movies but i feel like this would be on there anyway so i I don't really have an introduction for this one so (laughs) let's just jump straight into it there is a video version which might help because there's movie snippets in this podcast and yeah let's begin Hey guys, welcome back. So I am so excited to talk about today's movie analysis, which is of Dead Poet Society. And I watched this movie a couple of weeks ago, just out of pure interest because I had no idea why it was so famous and why I hadn't watched it. So I went ahead and I was very, very happy. Um, and then I rewatched it to do this analysis for you guys. So there are no spoilers no spoilers at all. So it's not going to be more about the plot, but more so the themes inside and sort of contrasting how they relate to this whole topic of education. Uh, but if you haven't watched it, please go ahead and watch it because you know what, like, soon enough you're going to get a spoiler for Dead Poet Society and then you're going to be like, why didn't I watch it sooner? So this is a clear warning or clear recommendation to start watching. So let's just jump straight into the background. First, just general painting the scene if you haven't watched it or to remind yourself if you have watched it ages ago. So it's set at Welton, which is a boys, like a very elite boys boarding school. Their four values, let let me just read them out. Their four values are tradition... Honour, discipline, and excellence. So if it doesn't already reek of, like, just pressure and expectation and you follow the rules, then I don't know what is. So, uh, yep, boarding school. And Mr Keating, who is played by uh, Robin Williams. Amazing. Amazing acting. Uh, he is, like, a new teacher who's been introduced to teach poetry. So the arts poetry class, and he used to be a student at Welton. And so in the like opening scenes, you can already see the boys being pressured to meet expectations, to meet their parents' expectations too. You'll um, be introduced to the characters as well. There's a group of boys, and they're like the main protagonists. Uh, But the main main protagonists are played by Ethan Hawke. He's called Todd. Um I should know this. Uh hold on. Yes. Todd Anderson. Todd Anderson. So he's uh a very like insecure boy because his older brother was like ducks or whatever of his year level, like everyone's placed their expectations onto him because he's gotta follow his brother's footsteps or like bullshit like that. Um and so he's like probably one of the main characters, and then we've got Neil Perry. Neil Perry's got a freaking asshole of a dad who's like pressuring him into med, and he talks about his own reputation like, don't you dare, um, in, uh, don't you dare, uh, like, argue with me in front of everyone else. He's just so insecure about his own personal, like, how others see him that he's putting all that pressure onto Neil. So, yeah, wants his son to do med, uh, and, Other characters, they're like the secondary characters. You've got Knox Overstreet, you've got Charlie Dalton, etc. Sorry to you, etc, people. You're all very unique, strong, hardworking, secondary characters. So that's just the general background of the movie, but now let's just go into the themes. And the themes, I have done it very similar to how I structured Marva Collins, um, the podcast episode called Marva Collins and Her Bad Assery. So if you want to watch that, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, I've split them all into different themes and included movie snippets, um, the ones that really resonated with me. So first theme, obedience versus freedom. I'm going to be talking about juxtaposition um, a lot of the times in this, you know, like the classic buzzword for your essays, uh, but there was such huge contrast between um, like obedience, freedom, and and what we'll be talking after about conformity and independence that yeah, I'm going to be including that a lot. So first off is there's a lot of discipline, like discipline, follow my orders, uh, I am the teacher, I have authority, just listen to me. And, and you know, like that's part of their values anyway, the school's value of discipline and honour. <laughs> um, so, first off, you have a scene of these students in their Latin class, and this is how it goes. So these students are just told to, you know, like regurgitate what the teacher's doing. And it's very, it just seems very robotic to me. And I, I mean, I did Latin in high school. Um, I can confirm it was sort of like this, like we just have to conjugate the different verbs and it was very dry. Uh, but you can see in these scenes, there's like a distance between the teacher and the student. It's like the teachers have authority, and the students are just expected to obey. And there are scenes where the, the teacher with authority will step into the room and all these students will, like, hide whatever they're doing. So they there's, like, this one scene where this guy's got a radio, like, in his lap. He's just hit it, and it's making, like, this sound. And the teacher's just like to him, that wouldn't be a radio in your lap, would it? And he's like, no, no, it's just, it's, it's like a science experiment. And so we've got students who are like lying to authorities because, you know, they don't want to get in trouble, but they're not going to stop doing what they enjoy. And yeah, so if obedience and authority doesn't end up working, what you ha- end up having is like fake obedience. Um, I remember when I was a lot younger, like I would watch anime, <laughs> so much anime, Naruto, all of that, and I had like a a curfew or whatever, like when I was supposed to sleep, mum was like you know, like lights out by this time, and I would go, uh-huh, sure. And I would bring <laughs> bring like the laptop or whatever it was into my bed put like the covers over me and basically suffocate. But I guess suffocation was worth it (laughs) because I could end up just watching the episode. But, you know, if you try and tell someone to do something that they don't want to do, they're just going to find ways to cheat the system and hide and lie. And that's what you get a lot of the times in this movie. And yeah, so you've got silence as soon as the teacher enters. It's like, Fear. It's what I called. I wrote down fake obedience because it's obedience out of fear, not out of respect. It's not like you're listening to them because you actually care about what they say. You're you're listening to them because you don't want to get expelled or like get a detention, whatever it is. Contrast all of this to Mr. Keating, Robin Williams, where in his classes he's actually telling the kids to carpe diem, that's the first lesson, to seize the day, and you can see over the course of the movie how the characters change. So Neil Perry, pressured to do Met, but he finds his calling with acting, or with theatre, and he is inspired to carpe diem and audition. For the first time in my whole life. I know what I want to do, and for the first time, I'm going to do it Whether my father wants me to or not. Carpe diem! You've got Knox Overstreet, who, carpe diem, again, he finds this girl that he really likes and and asks her out, even though she's, okay, I don't support this per se, but like, she's with this guy already, but he like, just says, fuck it, like, let me just go and ask her out. And then we've got Todd Anderson, the guy who is just overshun by his brother. And you see him breaking out of his shell. So, so important. And I think that leads us into conformity versus independence and identity. So, Mr. Keating, he is telling them, do not conform. Think for yourself. Literally, this is what he says in a class. Now my class you will learn to think for yourselves again. You will learn to savour words and language. And I really love this scene where he he's essentially telling the students to be your own person in in the context of poetry. It's really eloquent. Whoever wrote this script was an absolute genius. I see you Thomas H. Schulman. I have no idea what the H stands for, and I guess we'll never know. Um, And this is what he says. That you are here. That life exists and identity. That the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. What will your verse be? So there is a scene which I absolutely love and it's the second lesson Mr Keating has asked Neil Perry to read the, the introduction of this textbook this poetry textbook called Understanding Poetry and what they've done in the introduction is compare poetry to like a mathematical equation even it's talking about the theory of how perfection the perfection of the um, of the poem versus or yeah like times the importance of the poem equals how great the poem is and everyone's just like mindlessly copying what mr keating is drawing out on the blackboard there there's like one goody two shoes who's like really just avidly looking at it and at the very end mr keating just says excrement (laughs) excrement excrement. So he's saying it's total bullshit that you are comparing, you are using theory and logic to explain poetry. And and then the kid who's like, you know, like written out such beautiful notes just <laughs> looks at it and just scribbles it out. It, this scene does two things for me. It reminds me of how robotic we were in just copying notes and accepting things for what they were because I remember in high school I would write notes, make them pretty, but I didn't feel any significance from it. I didn't really know what this information was teaching me and why I needed to know it. So yeah, I was just like this blob who was copying notes and looking back I don't feel good about it. And yeah, the other thing is to actually question the validity of these textbooks, to To see something as excrement as what it is, which Keating like boldly does, but the students would never, never have ever like uh, spoken out about it. They wouldn't have questioned the authority figure. So I think that's definitely something we need to do in school right now because we were never taught how to think outside of the box. We were just expected to understand and we talked about this a lot in in episode 7 with Eliza Kelly. Uh, just why, why are we not taught to think critically? It's only during her master's really, or arts degree, that she's been brought up to question papers and to think. (laughs) Just overall, to think, which is quite sad in itself. Um, and there's another scene where Keating just tells the students, stand on the desk. Stand on the desk, Sometimes we just got to see things from a different perspective. So this is what he says. I stand upon my desk to remind myself that we must constantly look at things in a different way. See, the world looks very different from up here. There's also another scene about the topic of conformity. Keating's brought the students outside and gotten these three students to walk in a circle. And soon enough, you see that their pace matches each other. And he's trying to say that... Even if you start off with different you know, opinions, different um, ways of walking, soon enough you match the people around you, and we've got to be careful to not conform to others, because we need to think independently. Again, who wrote this movie? Thomas H. Schulman. So either Thomas Hillary, Thomas Harry, Thomas Hermione, uh, I don't know. And this is just a snippet from there. I brought them up here to illustrate the point of conformity, the difficulty in maintaining your own beliefs in the face of others. Now we all have a great need for acceptance, but you must trust that your beliefs are unique, your own, even though others may think them odd or unpopular, even though the herd may go, that's bad. (laughs) So during this movie, you can really see how each student, each character is completely different from one another. Like, they may be friends, but they all have different... Um, paths, they all have different expectations on themselves and what they enjoy. And so Mr. Keating is celebrating these differences and and uh, encouraging them to be themselves. And I just I love it, I love it. And now now a, scener, a a scenery, a scenario, I am interested to see how you would react if you were a teacher. So let's say you are a poetry teacher and you have set the students a task, an assignment to write their own poem. So when you've asked them to present it, one student gets up and he says, A cat sat on the mat. He's obviously not taking it seriously and his friend, like, laughs because, um, yeah, they're both insecure. <laughs> and just, they're not taking things seriously and you're disappointed. So how would you, it, it, like, not to punish because in the last episode, punishment doesn't work, but how would you tell them that that's not okay? Personally, for me, I, I just didn't know. I, I didn't know because you want to tell the student that it's important, but just saying that this, like, treat this thing seriously, it's actually not a joke, is just going to make them laugh more. It's not going to teach them anything. And an alternative, I guess, is to ask them to redo. So to, I guess, validate them in the way, like, I can see that you are capable of more. Like, I believe in you. I believe that you can do more than this. This does not reflect how you are. So let's try it again. And not to shame them or punish them, but just to give them the reinforcement. I guess that's what I would have done, but Keating's way, he also doesn't punish. He actually um, doesn't approve, but he says, like, even the simplest of poems... Are effective and he's sort of validating his the the students behavior but what he says next just iconic okay just don't let your poems be ordinary so Keating here he's validating the student and also saying that you so you are not ordinary you are not to conform to everyone else because you are an independent thinker you are capable of more essentially and I just I I love how the script writer, (laughs) phrased it. Thomas Thomas Shulman. And also, students like Charlie Dalton, because Charlie Dalton um, is another character who acts out, and he, you know, like, he's very confident, and he shouts out in class. But in this poetry class, he's accepted by Keating. He's not considered a distraction, and therefore he should get kicked out of the class. He spoke out, and he spoke his mind. And in a general class, yeah, you would have shunned him. You would have um, punished him. But all he needed was more freedom to be himself, to speak out and question. And so he's like the voice that we actually need currently to not completely disrupt the system, but to, again, think critically. So let's move into the next theme, which is like, the comparison between logic versus feelings and emotions under the idea of arts. Um, So just personally for me, I didn't really see the point in arts. If you had asked me a couple years ago, or even last year actually, uh, you know, like, what do you think of the arts? I would say, I mean, what's the point of a degree, by the way? Like, all you're doing is just learning about something that's pointless and it's not going to contribute to a job, really. Like, I was hardcore just dissing the whole sector. And I realised over time, because especially during this ISO, I've been writing more. I've been, you know, just watercoloring, And all of these things which I thought were unproductive or wouldn't lead to actual things have taught me so much about myself you know, like they may not be hard skills, but they are emotional human skills. So lessons like how to think for yourself, how to have your own voice, um, to not care about what others think in terms of people pleasing and seeking validation. Say if you're an artist of some sort, you are creating art because you want to, because it pleases you not because you want to make everyone else happy. And these are all skills that we have to work on. And yeah, the, the arts really just make us human. They, they, without the arts, we'd just be logical, dry pieces of meat. We wouldn't have what, what's oh my God, I'm stumbling so much. We just wouldn't be us anymore. I, yeah, I remember in poetry, poetry especially, come on, in English class, oh my God, in English class, I would just write a haiku. I would write a haiku because it was, what, five, three lines, 575, and I was like, this is the best because I don't have to spend any time on it. It's great because I couldn't see the value behind it. But, but, if I had Keating in high school or in primary school, whatever, he would have really mentioned the importance of poetry. And this is what he says for his students. We don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race. And the human race is filled with passion, beauty, romance, love. These are what we stay alive for. So everyone's huddling up and he's saying to them, he's expressing that poetry is beauty. Poetry is how humans connect with each other in a way that logic and hard skills cannot. And yeah, I just, I found it very, very beautiful and I forgot. I honestly forgot why arts was important for so long, but I am glad that this movie reminded me and... I hope it reminds you too. So to sum up also, I'm just, I had like a few observations that um, I wanted to just like mash into one thing. So first of all, Keating is not so much a teacher as he is a mentor, as he is a figure that's respected, you know, by his students because they honestly enjoyed his class. They honestly enjoyed how he taught and how fun he made the classes. Second point, he makes class fun. He puts funny voice... Okay, it's also Robin Williams, so I bet he, like, improv and make the class laugh. But he read poetry in funny accents. He made fun of himself. He made the class enjoyable. And he's a teacher that I want to be because if students, for example, if they had the choice to come to class or not to come to class, I want to be the teacher where... They would want to anyway because they enjoy what they're learning and because they just find it fun. <laughs> so another observation that I'll end with is the fact that Keating just changes the scenery all the time, it, like the environment. So they're not stuck in a class. They're going outside. And there's this one like class where the students recite a poem and then kick a ball. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, Cool very unconventional for a poetry class but it just makes things interesting and that's definitely something I want to do in the classes for next year cuz yeah if I haven't mentioned before I am doing TFA where I'm going to be doing school placements and be an actual teacher <sighs> so I I'm actually genuinely concerned cuz I look 15 and so I might just look a lot younger than the students I teach but you know what I'll get through it and yeah that's it that's it Dead Poets Society please watch it it's just got so many good like so many good life lessons in it um deserves all the recognition it can get and if you don't cry like if you don't cry you don't have feelings I won't spoil but <laughs> you better cry <laughs> Okay, I gotta go. (laughs) Bye, and see you next week. Thanks for sticking around to the end. So if you have any feedback or anything that you want to ask, please email itsjjyang at gmail.com. Everything's in the podcast notes below. See you next week.